femininity is powerful in all its forms, exceptional women. Rare girls must be appreciated in every way for their perspectives, actions, thoughts, and their unique ways of being. Such rare girls are inspiring, and this is what this podcast is all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and my guest today is Evelina Kanarska. Evelina is a Ukrainian model from Mykolaiv, Ukraine. Because of the war, she moved to Brussels in Belgium. She is a co-founder of a youth organization, Mridi Jr., that provides business education for teens and creates social projects for Mykolaiv City. Also, she is a member of the Regional Youth Council of Mykolaiv Region, and she studies politics, math, and business at the British School of Brussels, which is one of the top 10 best schools in Europe, as well as studying at her Ukrainian school at the same time. Evelina won student Olympiads in English and Ukrainian languages a few times. She recently has done an Erasmus exchange in Latvia for a week, and in her free time, she likes helping with organizing different events and festivals, as well as pursuing her modeling career. Evelina, how are you today? Hello, Aziz. I'm fine. I'm good. Thank you for introducing me. (laughs) I'm happy. I'm honored and very curious about you. So I'll begin with this question. How would you describe yourself and your personality? I mean, if your friends could be asked, who is Evelina? How do you describe her? What would they say? Mm, Maybe they would say that I'm up to everything because every time when someone offers me some opportunity, usually I will be likely to join it. Also, maybe... People very often tell me that I that my laughter is so funny that everyone starts to laugh with me. <laughs> I love that. So your laughter is contagious and it gives a good mood to everybody else. And I'm curious, you say yes to all the opportunities. What motivates you to go out of your comfort zone, to go into the unknown and to try these new experiences, new responsibilities, and new things. So maybe because I did it before and like joined something that I didn't know what exactly it was. And every time I understand that every every opportunity that comes to my life, it is on purpose. And then after some time, I will gain some more opportunities thanks to what I did before. And that will help me in my development and just, I don't know, sometimes you join something just for fun and then it comes up to something big and very important in your life. I love that. So it's awareness that opportunities multiply, that in the past mm-hmm. you said yes to something that opened new doors and new great things in your life. And so I will ask you on the other side, how do you avoid burnout if you say yes to everything? How do you avoid, like, how can you stay productive, give everything the attention it needs, and at the same time, take care of your mental health? 
So now as the studying year began, it became even more complicated for me because I go to the schools at once, I have my organization and et cetera, et cetera. But still, I don't know how, but I managed to do everything. First of all, I value my time very much. So if I don't like some event, I just can stand up and go home. Usually, not always, of course. <laughs> I can go stand up and go home at school. <laughs> yes, but usually I really... And also if I'm on the tram somewhere, I try to do something that I need, like a piece of homework. So I will have more time at home just to chill. I like that. So you say yes to many things, but if you go to something or you begin something and find it's not interesting, it's not worth your time, you would stop doing it and do something that is more valuable in your life. Is this correct? Yes, yes. And also I try to put my health and my sleep and eating enough on the first place always. So it's really it's really helpful because if you don't do this, it will just come out of your health and run out of your health very soon. I agree 100%. And so I will ask you, a lot of teens are people pleasers. They say yes, but then if they don't like something, they feel obligated to do it. What is the reason or the thinking that gives you the power to set boundaries, to say no after you start something and to get up and go? What is the explanation in your mind that gives you that motivation? So if you refuse from something, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It's just maybe something not for you. There are always a good and normal reasons for you to quit something. For example, just so a few weeks ago, the studying year started and I had to choose three subjects that I have to study for the next two years. And one of them was art and design. But then after like a week or two of art, I understood that I'm not the type of person who will be drawing every day for many hours, going to galleries for every weekend. And I just said that, no, I don't want to go to art and switched it to another subject, what I'm very happy about. So if I didn't do it, didn't have the enough courage to do it, I will be still struggling on the lesson that I don't like and, will, and would have been struggling for two years. I understand and I value that very much. And to ask you, since you moved from Mykolaiv to Brussels, did you find it easy to make new friends? Is that smile and laugh that you have a reason where everybody, even strangers, think you're friendly? Or do you have some kind of bitch face and people think, oh my God, <laughs> she looks so angry. I don't know, but you're not that way. Mm, so I noticed that here in Belgium, people are a bit more not so talkative and open as people used to be in Ukraine. And But like, it's not very bad, but it's just the mentality. Or maybe I just grow up in Ukraine and I know all these aspects. I know the language and everything and hear everything. If I grew up in Belgium, it would be much easier for me to find friends. It's still possible, but you have to put more effort than usual because of the language of another culture. I never moved before and I have never had an opportunity to build my friend circle from zero again. I think I will manage to have a lot of friends in some time, but I think I need some more time for this. 
Thank you. I understand. And actually, I encourage you, some people who went, who are foreigners and went to Belgium, they said even after some time, they can get to know people. But there is a distance that they never feel they become real friends compared to Ukraine, where it's much more possible. And can you tell me about Mriti? Uh, how did that project come to your mind? What did you feel you can contribute? What are teams in Mikolaev missing? And how did that project, the story of it? So there's an interesting story. So me and my friend, Alexander Lipatnikov, we were in an organization that was connected to a political party in our city. But then a conflict in the country or in a party in political party occurred and we had to leave this organization despite our big love to doing something better for the city, for people and stuff. So we decided to make something our own. It was mostly my friend's ideas. I can't say I did everything. He did the most. <laughs> and so he came to the biggest business club in the whole south of Ukraine, what, which was located in Mikolaev, and offered them to make a youth wing of the organization and showed them his plan, how he wants to do this. And they said, okay, we give you a chance, of course. So the how this organization worked works still. So teens from Mikolaev City from 14 years old till 18 or maybe even more, they joined the organization and pay... 300 hymnas a month that's about like 10 euro not a lot and all and for this they can get some business an opportunity to attend business events trainings webinars workshops and stuff to have more knowledge in business they can also network with entrepreneurs in our city we even had a chance to speak to people that are in the forbes list of ukraine and we visited different factories and stuff. So it's really interesting experience. And all this money that we got, we spent them on social projects from, for Mikolaev City. For example, our biggest project that I really like is uh, doing an art object in the center of the city, which is like a cylinder with writings, I love Mikolaev on like all the languages of the world. Unfortunately, we didn't have a chance to establish it. So it is like ready, lying somewhere on some factory. And because of the war, we couldn't establish it. So we didn't have enough time. I understand. And since you're mentioning the war, how was that day for you, February 24th? I know the war was there since 2014, but this invasion that was a surprise to everybody, how did you hear about it? How did you feel? What's the story of that day for you? So I can officially say that I overslept the war. <laughs> so the first explosions could be heard in Mikolaev on the like four or five in the morning on 24th of February. And my mother heard them, one of the first, but I didn't hear them. I was just sleeping because I was doing my homework till late at night. <laughs> So my mother let me sleep until like 6 a.m. And then she woke me up and said, like, the war has started. At first, I didn't believe her because she was very nervous about the war. A few weeks, all past few weeks. So I thought she is just maybe overthinking or something. 
But we were ready to the war because a week before the war, she, my mother, woke up in the middle of the night and said, yes, the war will be, I feel it or something. I don't know, I never believe in some spiritual things and mystery, but she had this feeling. But maybe it's reasonable because the news and stuff. So we woke up and as my mother isn't driving a car, so we couldn't leave the city immediately like everybody did. But maybe it's good because on this day it was almost impossible to leave the city and Ukraine without staying in the traffic jam, what will be like hundreds and hundreds of kilometers because everyone wants to leave. So the first day we left in our city and on the second day we had a ticket for a train to leave to Western Ukraine, but they were for the evening. And in the morning, my mother decided to go and check the railway station. Is it still alive? Is it working? And ask maybe if the train definitely will be and stuff. And she came there and the railway station was just closed. So we were like sitting and thinking how we can get out of the city. Because the city is located on the south of Ukraine, close to Kherson. So we knew definitely that we have, don't have a lot of time to leave the city because it's quite close to the border and stuff. But we were lucky enough to investigate that one of our friends were going on the car to Western Ukraine. So, and they told us that they're leaving like in five minutes. So we had, I don't know, a few minutes to pack all our clothes and be in another part of the city. So, and we left the city and just like in half an hour after we left, the first invasion of Mykolaiv began. And then I looked at the news and I see the video that maybe one of my neighbors was filming that the landing troops of Russia landed just like in front of my window. So I felt that I was like lucky to leave Mykolaiv soon. And then we spent one night maybe on Western Ukraine and then we wanted to go to Warsaw, but all the trains to Warsaw were super full. Everyone wanted to leave Ukraine at this moment. So we went to Hungary, spent there also like one night and went to Warsaw to our friends, spent there like a week. And then we decided to go to Brussels. It was a bit spontaneous, but it was maybe because there were a lot of opportunities to have a place to sleep in Brussels, or I don't know. And also many years ago, we wanted to move to Belgium. And also Belgium is one of a few countries in Europe that are good in speaking English, which is very good because we both speak English very good, but not other languages, maybe. So, and then we went to Brussels, and from that time till now on, we are living here. Thank you. That was emotional, and you're so lucky to have escaped just a few hours before the troops landed in front of your window. And you mentioned English and how in Belgium people speak English much better than many European countries, and you won Olympiads in the English language. <laughs> Let's say there are some Ukrainian teenagers who are listening or from all over the world who don't speak English well. They wonder what's going on. They think the school lessons are so boring. What is your method for improving grammar, improving accent, improving vocabulary? What do you do in order to work on and progress your English language abilities? So I'm very thankful for my parents for giving me into a very good school in Ukraine, which is English language oriented. So we had English from the first year of school five times a week. 
So maybe that's why I had a good English. Also, my aunt is a is an English teacher. <laughs> so, but that's not not only old people who went to this school to special school or who have an aunt who is an English teacher will be definitely good English speakers, and other children won't be good English speakers. As I noticed that a good language comes to you when you are passionate about it, you really want to learn it, and also that is the system. So we have to learn it at least for, okay, 15 minutes, but every, every day. Example, what happens with my French language, I know it, but not very good because I very rarely come to studying it. And when I'm trying to catch up with my French after months and months not speaking it, I understand all those people who are bad in English because now I'm also in the area of in this language that I can't speak good either. So maybe it's just the system and your personal passion and encouraging yourself. And maybe that's all and practicing with native speakers. If you get a boyfriend or girlfriend or just a very close friend that doesn't speak your native language, you will be obliged to learn English very, very quickly. <laughs> so that works also very, very good. Thank you. And I like that you mentioned passion and that it's important for progressing on and being persistent with the language. Tell me about the friends and the people you surround yourself with. Are you looking with those people with that passionate fire in their eyes who are always organizing projects, being active in this world? Is that something that you recognize, you feel is rare? Or are you so active that you want chilled out, relaxed people so that they calm you down? <laughs> I think I mix both types of these people. When I was younger, I always want maybe more time. I wanted to get friends with some cool people, like the, what they're considered cool in my circle, but I never thought that maybe I should have friends with people that share the same interests as me. So if I like some active life, uh, doing projects, improving myself, and then trying to get friends with a person that has totally different, I don't know, sense of mind and targets and passions in their life, it doesn't mean that they're bad, but just like they're another person. Maybe I shouldn't be really friends with this person and try to more speak with people that will share my interests and such friendship is also very productive because it would maybe it's the same what happened to steve jobs and bill gates and other very good people how to say <laughs> that they gained a lot of in their life that if you have friends that are the same as you you can make some project together you can found an organization together to open Apple <laughs> or Tesla together. And I hope you understand what I mean. Like your friends make you and your life. That's, that's all. <laughs> yes, I understand. And it seems to me that being ambitious, having big goals, bigger dreams is important for you. Is this something you inherited from your parents or because of social media, you have seen a lot of people who have a perfect life and you thought, I want that too. Or is it just you're born that way? You cannot be in one place. You want to always create and develop. Mm -hmm. 
hard question. So yes, of course, we all are sitting in social media and sometimes thinking, oh, wow, he's spending all the year on Maldives and Bali and maybe that's a dream life. But I think that your dream life is life when you're living just normal life, but really, really successful and good and surrounded by very good people and you're working and developing and not just laying on the beach all day. Even if you will be listening carefully to and watching bloggers, uh, maybe you'll see more than just a beautiful picture because I try to analyze what all these bloggers with millions of subscribers did before in their life to be successful in some way because they have a big audience, some projects, and they understood that they also work hard as all the people do, but they just don't show it a lot. So if you see some model on Instagram, maybe she did a lot of, a lot of work before, but now she's just not showing it, isn't showing it. She's just showing good pictures, but these pictures are the result of her hard work before. I like that. It seems to me like you're someone who reflects, who tries to understand the world to get the lessons. And so at the same time, I'm, I assume you love networking and meeting new people to get all the opportunities. In reality, are you an introvert who's pretending to be an extrovert? Or are you an even balanced ambivert? Or are you an extrovert deep down? I always considered myself as an extrovert because when I don't speak to people for some time, I feel very bad. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I don't know, out of this world. But also sometimes, of course, I need some break because I can't see people all the time. Sometimes I just want to sit alone at home. So I have friends that can be social much more than me. They can be with friends 24 hours a day, a night. And But sometimes I need a break, but mostly I think I am an extrovert. Thank you for that. And you mentioned that your organization was somehow related to a political party in Mykolaiv. So maybe you're well connected in the, into the scene. What do you think? now, seven months after the beginning of the full invasion, would be the future for Ukraine? Do you see it as some positive? Do you see that the economy will need a long time to recover, that those millions of Ukrainians abroad will stay outside because they already have their schools, their life, their new jobs, new friendships maybe? Or what is your expectation for the future of what will happen to help Ukraine recover? Hmm. So it's hard to look at the future, but I really, really hope that Ukraine will cope with, the, with everything and become even better than it was before the war again very soon. But as I'm studying politics and just maybe everyone knows that in the political and economical world, everything comes very slowly and that's reasonable. So I hope that in I don't know, a few years, maybe maximum five years, everything will come to how it was before. But maybe when this war stops, there will be also always there will be a danger from the Russia side anyway, because we can't undo them, our neighbors. They will still be our neighbors for the rest of our lives. So there will be always a treat from Russia. 
as feet of Russia all the time. And about the refugees that came outside of Ukraine, I know there's like four or five million of Ukrainians. Actually, it's not super a lot because there are like 42 million of Ukrainians in Ukraine. So it's just the eighth part of all the population. I think that many people will come back because not everyone is able to learn the language, get a job, get a school, get friends and just get used to new climate, new way of living. I think that many people will come back, especially the families whose men, uh, husbands and brothers are left in Ukraine. But also some people will stay, of course, because someone found here their love, their new friends, or, I don't know, some like teenagers like me who are planning to go to school and then to university somewhere outside of Ukraine, but maybe in five, seven years, they will come back to rebuild Ukraine. But it's very hard to predict now. We'll see later. <laughs> Thank you so much. Really, all I can say is Slava Ukraini. Oh, hello, I'm Slava. <laughs> Thank you, Evelina, for participating. This was my honor, my privilege. I wish you success in your school, success and applying to the universities you wish to go to. And I wish you a great week. Thank you. Thank you, Aziz. Wish you, wish you a great week, too. <laughs>